The following is a paid podcast from J.P. Morgan Chase. This special message from J.P. Morgan Chase highlights its work in communities around the country. If the hot jazz intro didn't make it obvious enough, this week I'm in New Orleans. I can't get enough of that crawfish, gumbo, and preservation jazz hall. But I'm here to check out one street in particular, Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, also known as O.C. Haley Boulevard. Located in the neighborhood of Central City, O.C. Haley is off the beaten path in New Orleans. Not too long ago, it was in a state of disrepair, down and out after decades of stagnation. But over the last 15 years, a combination of philanthropists, business people, and community members have collaborated to spark a resurgence on O.C. Haley. Today, it's an area of vibrant, undiscovered energy. Hey, it's Brian Babylon again, back for another paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase. In these episodes, I'm digging into an incredible urban revitalization project spearheaded by J.P. Morgan Chase. Today, I'm taking you to New Orleans. We're going to trace O.C. Haley's resurgence, which began in the late 90s, and get to the bottom of how an ailing community was able to stage its own revival. Down there, the, the boulevard starts with the mission. We have that under renovation right now. O.C. Haley Boulevard is an area where historically the stores were owned by um, Jewish merchants. African-Americans shopped here because they really were not free to shop in other places in New Orleans. And then there, frankly, was a uh, parting of the ways when uh, the merchants refused to hire. That was coincidentally also the time when the shopping malls appeared and segregation ended, so people had options. They didn't have to shop here anymore. So the buildings, frankly, became abandoned and for a long time sat abandoned. That's Kathy Laborde, president and CEO of a nonprofit real estate group called Gulf Coast Housing Partnership. They focus on getting affordable housing and commercial space into the hands of community residents. Kathy's been at Gulf Coast for over a decade, but her work on O.C. Haley Boulevard goes much further back. Her deep knowledge of the area's history is evident. It's been the victim of severe disinvestment over a long period of time. But if you were to drive down the street, you'd see this four-lane boulevard with historic buildings flanking to the left and the right with some vacant lots in between. Greg Rattler is a relationship executive at J.P. Morgan Chase's commercial bank unit and grew up in New Orleans not far from the boulevard. I spoke with him about how he remembers O.C. Haley back in its heyday and how it's changed over time. I have very fond memories of the O.C. Haley uh, Central City Quarter. Many of the early memories I have of that part of New Orleans dates back to the, the original Dried's YMCA where I first learned to swim. Although Central City was not devastated by the floodwaters from the levee failure, it had been kind of decimated in a different way, if you, if you think about it, with the out-migration of capital and businesses probably starting in the 50s and 60s. Prior to that, it had been the central business district primarily for African-American shoppers. By the late 90s, the boulevard had developed a reputation as a seedy, vacant section of Central City. Carol B. Bell, founder of Ashe Cultural Arts Center on O.C. Haley, remembers it well. 
we came to this boulevard when it was essentially had been given up to urban blight. There wasn't very much here that was about, you know, kind of propagating life and vitality. What you had is four or five churches who were trying to convince people who were in pretty bad circumstances, who were, you know, sex workers, some of them were drug users, folks who were very poor, that they deserved better. I hadn't come down this street in God knows how long at the time that Kathy Labor decided to develop the, the building that we're in on the boulevard now. Ashe was one of the first organizations that Kathy, the real estate developer at Gulf Coast Housing Partnerships, worked with. Kathy and Carol met and discovered that each had a vision to revive this ailing neighborhood. It was either early 98 or late 97 when we sat with her. She had a vision of being able to reclaim this corridor and not just the people who were on it and to begin the process of a renaissance on the boulevard. Carol is an artist and community organizer at heart. Kathy is a developer with a passion to help underserved communities. They weren't just looking for someone to put money into their organizations. They were looking for a partner who understood the needs of the community and the people who live there. It's very important that these developments that we're doing are also reinforcing to the folks that live in the community that this is an important neighborhood. It will be an important neighborhood in the future. And we're trying to get people to understand how they can become vested in this neighborhood so they don't have to leave in the future. So all these things are important, and we're just trying to lead by example. You know, people have to see things to believe that they're going to happen. We can plan a lot. We can read our plans. You know, we can put our planning books on the shelf. But once buildings actually begin to get renovated or constructed, people notice that. And frankly, they notice the end result, too. Revitalizing a neighborhood is a tricky balance. On one hand, you want to rebuild to attract foot traffic, new residents, and the economic upswing they bring. On the other hand, you also want to maintain the character and integrity of the neighborhood. You don't want to price out the folks who've been living there for decades. To achieve their visions, Kathy and Carol both wanted to work with funders who understood this delicate balance. J.P. Morgan Chase proved to be the partner they were looking for. The bank became a key player in helping both women break ground on their projects. Greg Rattler of J.P. Morgan Chase explains the initiative behind the bank's involvement in Central City. If you look back over the history of this firm, it's always had a very unique role in basically the building uh, and rebuilding from time to time of America. That dates back to our origin. And so what you see from the leadership of the firm all the way down to the employees who volunteer on their personal time, we are very active in the communities where we, where we do business. Uh, it's not only a place to do business, but for most of us, it's where we live, it's where we worship, it's where we play. And so it's logical then that we will make these strategic investments in areas where we can leverage the strength of the firm, but at the same time recognize that our employees really care about the places where they live and do business. When J.P. Morgan Chase entered the picture, both Gulf Coast and Ache found the partner they had been looking for. Gulf Coast received operating funding, and with a collaborative effort from J.P. Morgan Chase and Gulf Coast, Ache was able to purchase and renovate two art facilities and three residential properties on O.C. Haley. 
This grounds him on the boulevard in a way that would have never been possible without the combined philanthropic and commercial investments. Adache, Carol talks about her experience working with J.P. Morgan Chase and how the center has been able to work with the community. So our first opportunity to work with them was when we came here to the boulevard. It was really after the Katrina disaster. And J.P. Morgan Chase was on the ground looking at how to be helpful, how to be a contribution. And so for us, the first big thing that was done was J.P. Morgan Chase contributed to us beginning to buy our property. Here we were, a cultural organization living primarily on grants and with the potential of having income from apartments, right? And so J.P. Morgan Chase decided to contribute to us buying some of the property, and then they decided to finance us for the portion that we couldn't accumulate, which was a huge thing. Okay, so we've got like 31 to 32 apartments, and then we've got like a 1,000 events that happen a year. We've got over 40,000 people who come through here. And while that's going on, there's so much learning, consciousness raising, connecting, engaging, mobilizing, organizing, you know, art making that's going on. And so all of that has been facilitated by the fact that we have we have these properties. Nowadays, artists and performers have both a space to share their work and a place to live on the boulevard. And these artists seem pretty at home here. Artists' lofts are a beautiful space for community artists to come together, to live comfortably, uh, to be in community, and to create. I want to ask you a small favor. Here at Placemakers, we want to learn more about our listeners and their opinions. We know you guys have strong opinions. So, we created a quick survey that we'd love for you to take. Those who fill it out will be automatically entered for a chance to win a $500 Amazon gift card. To fill out the survey, go to slate.com slash survey one. That's slate.com slash survey O-N-E. Thanks. After talking with Carol... I understood how a bank and a nonprofit real estate developer could work with a grassroots cultural center to rejuvenate an art scene and bolster a community. It's also clear from walking around the area that O.C. Haley has a burgeoning small business sector. Lining the boulevard are new places to eat, little shops, a marketplace, and even a new jazz venue. It's much like I imagine it would have been in the 1940s or 50s but with bus stop ads for smartphones and delivery services instead of old-timey cigarettes and pomade. A couple of blocks down from Ashe, there's a business incubator called the Good Work Network. They've been a big part of helping new businesses thrive on the boulevard. My name is Phyllis Cassidy. I'm the founder and executive director of Good Work Network in New Orleans. The Good Work Network basically helps minority and women-owned businesses start, grow, and succeed. We provide business development services for entrepreneurs at all stages of the business cycle, from just have an idea that they're trying to put together to strategic growth phases. Good Work's mark on the boulevard is clear. They've helped everyone from contractors in the area to the Mexican restaurant owners down the street. Phyllis explains how J.P. Morgan Chase has given them the ability to do Well, the good work they do. We bought a piece of property in 2008 on Aritha Castle Haley, which was in a 
very severe state of disrepair, basically unoccupiable, and decided to renovate it and locate our offices here. Now, we had no talent in this particular area, but J.P. Morgan Chase had a business plan competition, and sure enough, we won the competition and got a $25,000 grant, and that really launched our efforts to raise funds and do all the things that were necessary to, to revitalize this building. So Chase also gave us a $150,000 grant. They provided the long-term funding for the building. You know, quite frankly, this whole renovation would not have been possible without J.P. Morgan Chase. And since then, the whole street has just boomed, you know. So it was really one of the sort of seminal projects that caused the revitalization of the street to completely take off. J.P. Morgan Chase provided the Good Work Network the startup capital they needed to get their organization off the ground. In turn, Good Work has now been able to provide businesses up and down the block with startup resources they need to get off the ground. Rooted in their prime physical location on the boulevard, Good Work has had their finger on the pulse of the neighborhood for almost a decade now, and they have galvanized the entrepreneurial spirit. One of my favorite projects of theirs is the Rue Carré. It's an outdoor food court they built right next to their offices where food entrepreneurs can test out restaurant concepts. In addition to the Franz Building, in December of 2015, we just completed the development of an outdoor food court, the Rue Carré, next to our office building. So we now kind of own a whole front block on Aretha Castle Haley. And that's a a development where we incubate five emerging food entrepreneurs, and we have an emerging artist program. It's kind of a community gathering space. Being here, our our offices are our old storefront, so we have windows out onto the street and just seeing the people pass and being part of the community just sort of gives a life. And, and now with Rue Carré, seeing the community come in and eat and celebrate and listen to good music, it infuses us with a, with a spirit that kind of is invaluable. I don't know how else you could get that. Here's what some of the vendors have to say about Rue Carré and the opportunities that O.C. Haley offers them. Being here on the uh, Orita Caso Haley Boulevard, I think it's a great opportunity for us. Uh, the number one here right now is our Cochon de Lait Boy. It's French for suckling pig. We serve Mesoamerican food. It's amazing because people don't know about our food and we can introduce it. So it's like a new experience. Our customers come back time and time again to tell us just how how much they love it and how awesome it is. Phyllis and her team have done so well they have expanded their services and network beyond O.C. Haley, replicating the advocacy and development they've done on the boulevard across the city between groups that historically haven't had much interaction. We did realize that a major barrier is that the minority businesses are not connected to sort of the mainstream economy. Um, Everybody does business the way they've always done it, and the African-American business community and the white business community are not connected. So we created a program called ConnectWorks that proactively tries to connect those groups to change stereotypes and start to create different networks in in the city that didn't exist before. And Chase has been one of our major supporters in that effort, too. We've awarded, through ConnectWorks, I think about $70 million of contracts have been awarded to minority businesses through that program. Phyllis's work is inspiring, 
and really drives home how strategic investment, real estate development, and philanthropy all work together to spark a renaissance on the boulevard. It's staggering how people with strong visions have worked to turn this boulevard around. In just over a decade, it has gone from a down-and-out area to a bubbling, diverse thoroughfare that both old and new residents joyfully call home. Here's Greg Rattler from J.P. Morgan Chase again, reflecting on just how much O.C. Haley has changed. Comparing, contrasting modern day, and I'm using that term modern, uh, defined as within the last 12 years, Central City and O.C. Haley Boulevard specifically, it is just buzzing with excitement. There is tremendous diversity, economic, socially, racially, you name it. But there is this cultural commitment that is kind of unique and part of what the New Orleans story is all about. How do you rebuild a city without losing your soul in the process? So all of what we love and enjoy that's uniquely cultural about the city of New Orleans and its long history, you can find on O.C. Haley. And so it, it it has come alive in a very unique and very powerful way. Carol Fromache also reflected on J.P. Morgan Chase's work and their commitment to the revival of the boulevard and the people who live there. It is fabulous to know that J.P. Morgan Chase is willing to take on that part of the work. A lot of times commercial folks want things that they can be assured of. Well, people are not things that you can be assured of, but what you can be assured of is that when you make investment, when you regard and respect people, when you make it possible for them to be comfortable in their life, comfortable meaning that they've got what they need to support life, they're safe, that they have people who love them and regard and respect them, that people do amazing things. Amazing hardly begins to define it. Real estate development, commercial redevelopment, cultural and artistic exchange. Walking down O.C. Haley Boulevard, it's hard to imagine things were ever any other way. Carol, Phyllis, Kathy, Greg, they're a whole team of placemakers whose dedication has brought the boulevard into a whole new era. The hard work they've put into changing this place is noticeable. And like so many elements of New Orleans, their spirit is infectious. I'm Brian Bablon, and this has been a paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase. Subscribe to Placemakers wherever you get your podcasts, and head to jpmorganchase.com to learn more about J.P. Morgan Chase's corporate responsibility program. Next time, I head to the Pacific Northwest to check out how a totally different city, Think Coffee and Rain instead of Jazz and Gumbo, approaches the revitalization of an historic downtown housing project. This paid episode of Placemakers from J.P. Morgan Chase was produced by Panoply Custom Studios. Our theme music was written and performed by Robin Hilton. And a very special thanks to Greg Rattler, Carol LaBelle, Phyllis Cassidy, and Kathy Laborde.